Hey, this is Tanner Sherlock. I'm the pastor at Shadow State Chi Alpha. And this is our podcast where our mission is to make disciples who then make disciples. Be sure and subscribe so you can get our content every time we post. And I pray that this message blesses you today. God bless. Hey, just wanted to get on and let you guys know that this is from an open discussion night at our service. And so the audio quality is a little bit diminished. However, I feel like the content is still worth posting. And so just be advised. The audio quality, it sounds a little echoey. Um, I tried to record it in a way that would uh, ensure that the voices are clear. However, that takes away from some of the audio quality. And so just wanted to make you aware of that before you even start listening as to why it sounds like that. Hope you guys enjoy. God bless. So before we get started with any submitted questions, did anybody have any, did you guys have any questions that you came up with? I submitted a couple of Did you? Uh Okay. So I was just kind of pulling and you can ask any of us about our testimonies and, you know, anything like that. Because, uh, Jordan, this is an area that you were very passionate talking yep. about. There's a lot of experience and stuff. And, and, yeah. I mean, we all were married pretty young, too. So. Okay, I wish I had quite a few submissions that I even missed. Cool, that's good. Okay. Well, should we just get started with these? Sounds good. All right. First question is, should you only be in a relationship with the intention of getting married? Jordan, what's your take? Uh, She's getting closer. I think you have to be careful. That's my opinion. I think if you're in a relationship, at least, I don't know if it's the intention to get married or more along the lines of... You, your qualities that you're searching for should be for marriage. And if you're not seeing those in the relationship you're in, you should seriously consider getting out of it. And that sounds yeah. blunt, but it's just the truth. Yeah. It's a dangerous place otherwise. Question. Yep. So are you saying that it's either you're in a relationship that helps marriage or the relationship to have the Yep, and again, as Christians, this is definitely an area that it's it's hard not to be kind of blunt because again, I've been through it. I don't. None of you guys probably have heard my testimony. I've spoken kind of a few times about it, but if you're not, if you don't, I'm trying to think of the best way to put it, because um, I don't think there's a problem with dating per se. I just think. Your dating should be what prepares you and sets you up for your marriage, for your yeah. spouse. Yeah. So if you're dating for fun, just for funsies, because you want to have fun and blah, 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 you have to be careful because that leads into dangerous areas and you end up going down paths that you really shouldn't go and you might affect yeah. your future in ways that you can't recover from. Um, that right. doesn't mean God still can't use those, but yeah, I don't, I don't know if that answers your question 100%. I think it, it comes more down to your relationships you're in should be God focused also yeah. so the person you're looking for or dating or whatever should be on the same plane as you the same page it kind of comes down to the next question probably the unequally yoked kind of yeah. thing yeah yeah I would I would honestly go even further than you and say yeah absolutely as Christians the only reason you should be dating is is with the idea the underlining idea of getting married so kind of like what you're saying but just yeah. I think my mindset going into when when Courtney and I began dating was 
you know, the idea was we're dating because we're going to get married. But we also understood that the dating process was to see if we were compatible uh, emotionally and mentally to get married. And so probably saying the exact same thing, but maybe being a little more blunt with. (laughs) Yeah, I think, again, the part of dating is you grow in it, so you're never going to be ready necessarily with the first person you date or the second or third. I mean, maybe it might, that might be the person or whatever, but but it's a growing Taylor was my first and only boyfriend. So, I mean, I I think that's a part of it, though, it's just like, if that intentionality is there, like, we, like, marriage is my end goal, let's see, (laughs) thank you, let's see, uh, let's walk together on this for a while and just kind of see if, if this is what God has for us, then, like, you leave the possibility open for both of you to grow together because, right. you know, the whole, like, you know, you have to try the shoe on before you buy it and stuff like that. Like, sure, but you get tons of practice being in a relationship while you're in a relationship right. that's seeking, that's leading towards marriage, you know? And so, uh, so, yeah, like, we have to be careful because our culture um, just applauds relationships for the sake of relationships, yeah. and it's vanity. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, we see relationships as leading to eventual marriage, and we see marriage as a covenant that we enter into with each other, with yeah. God as a third person in that. And that's something that, you know, you hear it in every marriage ceremony. It's not to be taken lightly, it's not to be entered into lightly. And so it's a serious business. It's fun, and it's great, and, you know, um, you could do it in a godly way and stuff, but it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard work. Yeah. Part of my testimony goes back to the simple, just so you guys understand where I'm coming from at some level. I didn't date when I was young. I dated one time, and eight months later, she was pregnant. So that gives you an idea of where my relationship started off. Mm-hmm. And, and I was raised in a household that was Christians, but like. I had this in my mind that I had to have a girlfriend no matter what, didn't care who she was. If she liked me, I was interested. And so it wasn't long, even though realistically me and this girl weren't really compatible in any way, in many ways, that ended up happening. So I ended up getting married. I was actually younger than you guys when I had my son and got married. So it gives you an idea of where things were at. And then uh, in this, my second, the second now, after the divorce happened and everything, it was a really, really tough time in my life. Um, so the dating process was terrifying because I had no idea. But my whole intentions was, yes, I was older, but my intentions were, I'm not dating for the sake of dating, I'm dating for the sake of, I'm really looking for another spouse. And so many of my friends, so to speak, my non-Christian friends thought I was stupid as heck to be looking for the sake of marriage, not for the sake of just having fun. They're like, you're free, you're single now, like, enjoy life. You only, you only live once. And, yeah. Whereas, I don't come from a Christian family whatsoever. I'm a, I'm, you know, I come from a family, so, uh, come from a family that, you know, divorced and young, hard divorce and substance abuse issues and everything like that. Very much not healthy. And so, I had the only concepts of Christian relationships and marriage that I had were what I learned from youth group, from my friends, from my mentors, 
um, you know, from from church growing up and stuff too, uh, to to the point where you know, I'm 20 years old. <laughs> well, actually, I think you asked me. I think you asked me to be your girlfriend on my 20th birthday. I think it was. But up until then, I hadn't had a boyfriend, and so like. You know, you go through seasons of, like, bitterness and, like, what's going on? Everyone else, like, my best friends have all had three different boyfriends by now, at least. And, like, you know, what's going on with me? Is there something wrong with me? But just knowing the background of where I came from on that and just the trust issues that I had with men, the stuff that God needed to work out in me, I needed to be friends, like, good friends with a guy before I considered marriage with him, um, dating and marriage. Because, like, I had seen so many times how, you know, if you just enter into it straight into into dating, it's so easy to put on your best face, to be like, you know, to, to put your best foot forward and stuff, and that only lasts so long, but sometimes it's long enough to do real damage in marriage, and so I knew that the person that I was looking for... I wanted to know his good side, his bad side, know him thoroughly before I was like, hey, here's this possibility of marriage, like, let's give it a try. So, and that ended up working out for me, so. Yeah, and I can, I can tell you from both sides, because I've been on both sides, but the side that wasn't God-led and ended up getting married and was married for 15 years in a relationship that was okay, it's not like it was bad, but it wasn't. It wasn't God-focused from the beginning. It started off on the wrong path very quickly to now, the lady I'm with now is like, I cannot even remotely explain to you like how God orchestrated it all, how it all fell together to, to, and how we mesh together. It, it means she's perfect for me. There's no other way to put it. Like, I have absolutely nothing. I can't say one thing about her that doesn't fit me perfectly. And, it, and I can't tell you the main reason why I feel like it happened that way was because I literally, my focus at that point was, God, this is yours. I do not want to get in another relationship that doesn't honor you in everything I do. And yeah, and she was she was on the other side praying for her spouse at the same time. So she was walking her path on God's the God side, praying for her future spouse. And yeah, I, I can't explain it any other way than that. But I've been on both sides to tell you that. And it's worth it. <laughs> it's worth doing it God's way, not your own. Does that make sense? Yes. That was a long, long explanation for one question. But no, it was good. a long side. Probably. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> it wasn't like. Uh, oh, I was so going through it over there. <laughs> <laughs> it was, was preaching. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So the next question is. I've heard the term being equally yoked before. What does it mean to you guys and how important do you believe it is? Honestly, being equally yoked in my mind is uh, our hearts as Christians should, should be to serve Christ first in our life. And so being equally yoked is finding somebody who also serves Christ first. And I think that it is the most important attribute in a potential spouse, period. Um, I think that, I, I, and here's the thing, I've seen in, in the, gosh, 10 years that we've done Chi Alpha as directors and then the three years on staff before, 
And then the years in Chi Alpha when I was a student, more often than not, especially ladies, I will say this, if if a girl starts dating a guy who is not a Christian, they will walk away from their faith nine times out of ten. Um, guys, stop coming to Chi Alpha and, you know. uh, and stop going to church and stop, <laughs> so walk away from God. Yeah. I'm just going to call yeah. a spade a spade. Um, guys who date non-Christian girls, I would say it's a 50-50 chance whether or not they walked away from their faith. Um, the 50% that didn't walk away from their faith would end up breaking up with the girls. The 50% that did walk away from their faith would stay with them. And I, would you agree statistically that's about what we've seen over the years? Pretty consistently. We've seen it happen well, Thank you. I'm sure if there was a way to track that, it would be really high. Yeah. But of girls and guys who date someone whose intention is to serve Christ first, whether or not they stayed in a relationship together or ended up getting married or broke up or whatever, it seemed like both of them would continue on in their relationship with God even after that relationship was over. So I would say if if you genuinely want to put Christ first in your life, then you shouldn't even entertain a relationship with somebody who doesn't do the same. Which is why I said no to you the first time you asked me out. Exactly. Because he wasn't a Christian. And I, as somebody who was not a Christian and who eventually did become a Christian, I'm so thankful that she said no. Because you almost, you owe it to, because even if it is somebody who you might end up getting married to, you owe it to them to find Christ. And and to let that relationship with God be your own and yeah. grow in it. Because you were still such an, even, even like right after when you were still like interested in being like, person and you like yeah. and then you backed off for a while and whatever but like uh you were so new in your faith that if we had started dating right then like your faith would have or my faith would have become your faith and like vice versa like it would have stunted yeah. your growth with god because right. you were now putting all this effort into a relationship right. with me so yeah yeah i was literally gonna say the same thing like I even I think that exact same thing like uh, she was saying. The problem is, is that if you don't have your own authentic relationship with God, if you start dating someone and their relationship is either skewed or they don't understand or whatever, your relationship starts to work around what they believe and their thoughts, and you never really build that relationship on your own. I think uh, my first wife, she was not raised in a Christian household. She didn't know much. She started going to church with me when we started dating, kind of. And uh, and I look back now from the history of it all, and there's no doubt in my mind, even though we went to church every Sunday, we went to church every Sunday together, uh, there's no doubt in my mind that her relationship with God was based on me. So when I failed her as a husband in a lot of ways, God's failing her because that's how she sees who. She's putting God on me as I'm the one that's leading. And I'm failing because I'm a human. And so God's failing her. And now her relationship, now that this whole everything happened and everything fell apart, she's basically walked away from God, in my opinion, 100%. And I know it's because her relationship no. was based on what I believed in. Yeah. <laughs> you got my drink? Thank you. 
So, yeah. So I think that really is unequally yoked is dangerous for a lot of reasons because even small areas, like politics even, for example, like that doesn't necessarily have anything to do with anything. Yeah. But if you're unequally yoked, even if you believe totally different in the political, you're going to have serious issues. Same with money, same with kids. Like if you yeah. Have well, yeah. Uh, with kids, if you think about it, like clarifying, if I you think. want. Yeah, okay. Uh, like if you have kids, like if you think about it, just assume you almost have to go into a relationship assuming that you, even if you can assume that you're going to be a Christian and they're not going to be a Christian, um, do you want a non-Christian raising your kids? And so, like, I wouldn't want a non-Christian raise, raising my kids. And so, yeah. Well, if that's the most important part of your life, not being able to share that with your spouse, like, I don't know. I right. So, yeah, yeah it's just, I mean, obviously we're pastors, so we talk about God a lot, and we talk through stuff, right. and we pray through stuff together a lot. But, like, even just being in a, in a Christian relationship, non-ministry background, like... There's some good. serious difference, differences yeah. in structure. And, and it's good to have your own opinions on things and have your own beliefs, I think. There's nothing wrong yeah. with that. That's good for relationships. If, yeah, when we say unequally yoked, it means like, do you both have salvation in Jesus? You're working yeah. Savior. You're working and growing on your faith. Your faith is your own, you know, because uh, no one's going to completely 100% agree on every tiny little issue but it's really important to square up on the main ones I think so that actually leads us into the next question really well go for it so I mean let's say you both are Christians right uh -huh. and well he's a Christian but it's like a Christian with in, in Nigeria they say K-leg so you know how two people are walking mm -hmm. let's say this table I mean, this chair is, mm -hmm. has two straight legs, right? Yeah. But K leg is the leg is bent. Mm -hmm. One leg is bent. So that's how Christ, that's how his Christian life is. Like he's Christian with the bent leg. Mm -hmm. That's not good enough. I, you, you get into a gray area of what defines a Christian then. Yeah. Because if, if you base it off of whether or not somebody claims that they're Benny a Christian, Glenn. then 90% of America is Christian. That's simply just not true. Um, you you have to judge it by the fruit. So I judge whether or not somebody's a Christian by are they producing good fruit? Are they producing the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, self-control, gentleness, all of that stuff. And then subsequently, the second question is, are they serving Jesus as the first thing, the, the first importance in their life? Because anybody who is a Christian, anybody who anybody who serves Jesus and recognizes what the Bible says and actually truly believes what the Bible says has to recognize that Jesus has to be number one in their life. And so if Jesus is not number one in their life, then for me, that's... I mean, I'm not saying that they're not Christian and they wouldn't get into heaven. But for me, that was when I was getting into a relationship with Courtney. Mm -hmm. The number one importance for me was... Does would Courtney serve Jesus over me? Um, and so for me, in my opinion, 100%, if you have Jesus first in your life, you need to be dating somebody who puts Jesus first in their life. Because otherwise, you will become an idol to them. 
And I don't think that means necessarily that that you can't that we have, we have to recognize we're all flawed. Right. Like we're all insanely flawed in so many different yes. ways. So it doesn't mean that because this person struggles in this one area. Exactly. Like, yeah. That that doesn't mean they're not walking in with right. Christ. Right. We all struggle. We all Even as Christians, we often struggle in areas that we're trying to overcome, that we're praying to overcome, that we're trying to, you know. And our faith in God is not always a straight up trajectory. It's it has hills and valleys. I mean, look at you know how you've heard a lot about Tanner's in my marriage so far these ten years. Like between the three of us, we've or between the two of us, we've lost three parents. You know, like I had health issues. Like you know, our faith kind of wavers here and there. Sometimes my faith is weaker than his. Sometimes he needs a little bit of a little bit of time, a little bit of TLC from Jesus, and like. Um, you know, sometimes my walk with God, my Bible reading is dry and like, it's hard for me to get through stuff. And does that mean like, oh crap, we, we're not equally yoked. We need to get a divorce now. No, like, you know, no, it's, yeah. we're both still pursuing Jesus. <coughs> so, yeah. yeah. Cause that's where, you know, I guess kind of even taking that to the next step is perfect. when, <coughs> when I couldn't stand on my own, you know, was Courtney pointing me to Christ and vice versa when she couldn't stand on her own was I going to point her to Christ and I think that's kind of where that's kind of that question I think that in order to be equally yoked you almost have to ask yourself of if if I were to falter my faith was rough would this person encourage me to walk away from my faith or would this person encourage me to get closer to Jesus because there will be times in your life where you the other thing is too about it is it doesn't mean this is more like for future wise, not necessarily for past and right at the moment. Sometimes I think one of the things I feel like God taught me the most through a lot of what I went through was that, that he still uses it. So even yeah. our mistakes, it doesn't mean oh, yeah. we should walk in those mistakes because we would have a way better life and our God-given purpose when we walk with God's path and not our own. But when we make our own path, it doesn't mean that God didn't already know we were going to do that. And that we were, right. that, and that he wasn't already planning a new future yeah. Yeah. through our mistakes because he right. still loves us so much yes. that he plans something better. <coughs> that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, it's hard to explain it because I can't. I can't say like God intended my marriage to fail and that I would become a young dad and get married <laughs> to this lady that we that we weren't really yoked together correctly in a lot of ways. Determined and just say that God intended that I was going to meet this new lady and that we were going to get married because that's not how God works. But He used my mistakes and already knew already the mistakes I was going to make to prepare her for me now. Yeah, if that makes sense. But that's more like again past stuff and not yeah. not at the moment. And what I can tell you is it's way easier when you when you walk yeah. in the way you should walk. Yeah, and that's that's a yeah that's a good note. I think the key is it's 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 not impossible to be in a relationship with somebody you're quote unquote unequally yoked to, um, but it is a heck of a lot smoother. Because who's to say that you know, like Jordan's saying, who's to say that you don't, with all of the best intentions, get in a relationship with somebody who's equally yoked, and then three years into your marriage they walk away from their faith, and now you're not equally yoked. You know, there's still there's still gray zone and there's still whatever. And, and so that's why it's, it's important to both discern, but also I think, you know, one of the things I did ask was my mentor, I asked him, you know, if he felt like I was in a healthy relationship when Courtney and I first started dating. 
And he was excited for us and thought we were a great couple. And so having accountability with somebody who is going to be honest with you and not just tell you, you know, oh, yeah, you're good. You know, actually ask ask people who you know will be honest with you, I think, is too. Um, and, and discerning is healthy. Because I have seen people who were in unhealthy, quote, unquote, not unhealthy. They were in healthy relationships, but they weren't necessarily perfectly equally yoked or whatever. And the relationship is extremely healthy now, and they are equally yoked. And there was a lot that went through there, and there was some a lot of prayers that went into the relationship. And so it can happen. But I, I would say if you're unequally yoked, more often than not, Everybody who's going into a relationship unequally yoked believes that they're going to be the exception and not the rule. Everybody thinks that they're going to be the exception, that the relationship is going to work out, that they're going to get saved, that their faith is going to build, that whatever. But really, that's an exception and not the rule. Most people who get into relationships that are unequally yoked um, either ends up in breaking up or um, or they stay exactly where they were before. And so... But that doesn't mean it's not po- it's not possible. Before you move on, I have a rhetorical question. Like, okay. It might sound like I haven't heard anything you just said, but I did hear what you just said. So what if you're equally yoked in all other areas except except God? Yeah. I, yeah. Okay. Fine. How does that feel asking that? So I don't, I don't, I'm not even going to answer it. I just I want to even know how that like how did that feel asking? Me? Yeah, I mean I would say that the biggest thing is we know that the Bible literally says that God has to be number one in our lives, or we're gonna we're gonna stumble and fail. So if, if God is not the one that's if you're not equally yoked with God, but in every other area, you're still gonna stumble and fail because. You're gonna probably fail worse than yeah. you can imagine, even right, in so many different ways. Yeah. So I guess answering it with a rhetorical question is: uh, if not for God, then who are you entering into that relationship for? That's a good one. I was going with a rhetorical of compared to God, does all of the other things in the world measure up? Yeah, I would go so far to say there's a saying I can't remember what it is, but it says. Uh, women often date expecting their men to change as they grow older, and men date expecting their woman to stay the same and they change. And uh, I, I think you might be equally yoked in all these other areas, but if you don't have God as number one, those will change. They absolutely <coughs> change. Yeah. Things that I used to love when I was younger, I don't care about anymore as, a, as an adult. And they were really important to me as when I was younger. Well, there, there's the new statistic that's come out now that um, few, few research has done that. Uh, uh, God. Uh, th- speaking of offspring, um, if <laughs> if the if the male in the household is a Christian, there's a ninety percent chance that the family will follow Jesus. If just so, just a man of the relationship. If just the female is the Christian and the guy is not, there's only like a 10% chance that the kids will follow Christ. So, kind of going back to, but anyway, 
That doesn't mean you get to get away with it. We are for like, equal rights for no. women, just stating that. Yes. <laughs> just these statistics. But it is. Like I that. mean, it is. Just and there's, and there's I'm a, a female lot to minister, it. too. Yeah. So, like, you know. And that and that could be maybe a cultural thing, and maybe it's not, but I know that I was specifically in America. Mm -hmm. But okay, so the next question, which is kind of into that, I can't remember. <sighs> oh, I think I was just gonna say, like, if you if you go into a relationship thinking like, yeah, I can change him. Like, it's the Holy Spirit's job to change and convict, and that's the only way that will change will ever come is through the Holy Spirit, through God. So, anyways, there you go. That's powerful. All right, so the next question, which is kind of along those lines, is how do you and your spouse navigate and reconcile differences in beliefs or values within your marriage? And there was another question, so I would even add um, scriptural differences. We've had debates quite a few times about politics and we've had debates about, I mean, quite a few different scriptural principles too, especially when you were going through your, uh, your classes, credential classes, and so was I, and we would talk about stuff when we talked through it. I, want, I feel like there was a couple things we disagree on. But, but I would say for us, there's got to be an open dialogue. Like, um, and, and not in a place where, kind of going back to what you just said, not in a place where I need to con convince you that I am correct, but in kind of an open dialogue where I'm willing to be wrong. But as well, kind of share why I believe what I believe, yeah. and, and dive into it a little bit better. Yeah. Politics, we've we've disagreed quite a bit on politics. Just because you have stronger opinions, where I'm a bit more like, yeah, whatever. It's all messed up. No one's no one's right. saying it correctly. But also, it's not the most important things thing in our lives. Right. So we don't want it to be the most important thing in our lives. Yeah, politics. But yeah, uh, what did you say, Jordan? Uh, I agree. I think the open dialogue is the biggest key in being open to listening to your spouse. Because yeah. the Bible literally says you become one flesh. And so yeah. literally your minds sink together. I have no... Yeah. You, you don't understand until you've been married to somebody <laughs> for a while, but you literally become... Oh, yeah. You think the same a lot. You say the same. But I do agree. You, there is things you disagree on at some level. And you have to decide whether or not sometimes it's worth... Is it worth... You know, sometimes Dude, it's better yeah. just to stay quiet, and if it really isn't a big deal, it's not worth it. And there is usually somebody who's, I'm the same way, like, I think my wife has the same political beliefs as me, for the most part, like, we've discussed it. Sometimes she probably disagrees with me, because, because I'm opinionated about things that she yeah. isn't. Yeah. So that she doesn't care, to her it's not that big a deal, and so I might be throwing a fit about somebody or whatever, and she's like, yeah, and agrees, but. Yeah, I don't know if she really cares that much. I would actually. <coughs> sorry, were you done? Yeah. Okay. I, I would actually say most of our differences have come in as parents, yeah. just because. I mean, you're. I'm bringing in. Uh, you know, I I I fully acknowledge and recognize that I'm bringing in a lot of baggage into being a parent from how I was raised and growing up in a 
abusive household and trying to break the family cycle of abuse, at least on my dad's side of the family. And so I'm a, I approach things like, you know, it might not, might not believe me, but like with Courtney and I, uh, I'm the pushover when it comes to Bennett and like, uh, the the new term of gentle parenting and stuff like that. I maybe am not as um, strict or as stern as maybe I could be just because I'm, like I said, I recognize I'm trying to avoid some of that abusive baggage and stuff that comes with it. And whereas Courtney's a little more, not, not stern, but you're a little more stern with him. And, and, and not in unhealthy I'm also, ways. Right? I'm also, you know, the one who's caring for him most of the time. So. Right, yeah. So my so, patience tested a lot And more. so we, and, and on my end of things, I recognize that she's going to be with him a lot more than I am just because of the nature of, you know, how many hours we work and that kind of stuff. And so, um, and so even with Bennett, there's give and take and, and me recognizing, and, and here's a good, yeah, here's good, is recognizing that Courtney is just as much Bennett's parent as I am. And so giving her the the benefit of the doubt and the sovereignty to recognize and trust that she's making decisions in the best interest for Bennett and on, you know. And so apply that to anything else, kind of recognizing that Courtney's, so your, your spouse is, you know, like if, if you're talking about like scriptural differences and stuff like that, to give them benefit of the doubt that they are doing the research, they are reading the Bible, they are looking at those things. And they have come to that conclusion through prayer, through whatever, and um, and being able to have that conversation open no, and an open dialogue with that mutual respect, no, I think, sir. is pretty key. Come here. I think the other thing is, is uh, one of the things my wife and I did now when we were dating is I, I found a thing that was called a thousand questions, and we emailed each other at the same time every single day and answered these questions. And then after we answered them, then we discussed it over FaceTime or when we were together or whatever. We went through why we answered that. We didn't answer. We made sure we answered at the same time so we weren't swayed by what the other person said. And, but I think what it comes down to is that helps so much in so many ways because anybody, if nothing else, one of the pieces that makes a big difference is understanding your significant other's upbringing, so to speak. Because every single person is like... Uh, brought up differently it's hard to explain it but when you understand how your spouse was brought up and the, the emotional stuff they went through and the, the stuff how they were raised i mean that's the, the kids is always ends up being an argument because if you were raised it could be totally different like tanner was saying he might be black because he was in an abusive relationship so his mental state is i'm not going to do that to my kid and mm-hmm. so that happens and, and I, I have no other way to explain it except my parents. My mom would drive so many people absolutely <laughs> crazy. Like there's certain people that could not deal with my mom. And my dad knows her brokenness and knows her history and how she was raised in a way that he deals with her and handles her in a way that no one else can. And it's because they've discussed it. They've had major conversations about that stuff. And I don't know if that makes sense, but... Even just understanding where your spouse has come from, those all come from conversations and growing and that kind of stuff, which should be something yeah. that's a focus piece for who you're dating to, I think. Yeah. 
because it really does matter. Because if you don't understand where your dating partner is coming from, like mm-hmm. you don't understand their history, and they're freaking out about something that doesn't make any sense to you at all, there's probably a reason behind it. It probably isn't just right. because they're going off the cuff. It's probably because they're yeah. sometimes, sometimes they don't know why either. Um, that's something that Tanner and I had to work out to various times in our marriage early on for me. Especially after Um, my dad passed away too. And a lot of the issues and stuff came back up is like asking like why, I don't know if we use the word trigger, but like why am I being triggered by this? Like this isn't a healthy response. Like let's talk through it. Oh, like, oh, like. Right. Um, when he walks out the door and we haven't finished our conversation or like unexpectedly, it's because my dad would do that and just like leave the door right. to not confront problems and stuff like that. And he would leave and go to the bar and not come back and, you know, that kind of stuff. And so just realizing, like, you know, looking back to yourself and trying to hold yourself accountable to that too. Yeah, because it goes both ways. The hard part is, is if you realize and you're getting triggered by something, you've got to understand and, and trust the fact that you're significant other your spouse like she has to recognize that Tanner isn't going to the bar to go yeah. whatever and so right. come back but he also has to recognize that this is a trigger point right like to try to do his best to make sure he's not I don't just storm but also I need to not upset. stay content in that and I need right. to do what I need to do to work through it yeah. you On know both sides. Yeah. and not just be like oh it's because of my past and just be okay with that like we should right. always be working towards healing because healing in that is possible yeah Alright, next question. Is this it with you guys? Yeah? Okay. Next question is, what is the time period of dating recommended before taking the commitment to deeper levels? Uh, What was the question again? Sorry. What is the time period of dating recommended before taking the commitment to deeper levels? By deeper levels, are we saying like engaged? I would assume, yeah. I, the best way I've ever had this explained to me is actually by the person just as a uh, shout out for our spring retreat. Mm. He's going to be the speaker at our spring retreat. Um, Brad Lewis, he's uh, phenomenal. Brad and Kay Lewis, they'll be, I think they'll both be at our retreat. Um, they, when I was a student, they explained it in their relationship. They had a relationship uh, breakout at a winter conference. But the way he explained it was um, in a relationship Everything that you do that is even remotely intimate is basically you're pressing on the gas in a car. So you imagine you're in a car and point A is, you know, uh, New York City and that New York City is you just met and you just started like talking to each other. And then B is LA, which is the, the destination, the end, the destination, yeah, the end place or whatever. So you're trying to get from point A to point B. The faster, the more that you do that's intimate, like uh, solo Bible studies, like one-on-one Bible studies, um, talking about deep intimate things like getting married, um, hanging out alone, watching movies, going on dates, um, all of those things. Every time that you do something like that, you are hitting the gas pedal. And the more intimate the thing is, the harder you're hitting the gas. So having a deep theological heart-to-heart about, you know, the importance of your faith and, 
and raising a family and talking about those things, it's a pretty intimate thing. And having that conversation one-on-one with your, the, the person you're dating, you're hitting the gas pretty hard. However, you know, holding hands while you're at a group movie and you're not really talking to each other, you might just barely be hitting the gas. And so the harder you hit the gas, the faster you get to your destination. Um, the problem is the destination isn't always the same thing. The destination, the destination for Christians should be um, getting married. However, it also can be, um, you know, sleeping with each other. It can also be breaking up. And so the harder you hit the gas, the faster you get to the place where you're either going to have to choose, we're going to get married, we're going to sleep with each other outside of wedlock, or we're going to have to break up. And so the more stuff that you do, the faster you get to your destination. And so everybody is different. Um, Courtney and I, we, we were so busy, honestly, the year that we dated that, um, we got engaged right before my last semester of college. Yeah. We had so much going on. We weren't really like, there were times where we were definitely pushing the gas pretty hard, but it wasn't like, you know, especially when we were like later on in the engagement and yeah. I was on Play staff with Chi Alpha together. and planning yeah. wedding and stuff. Um, but, uh, and so just kind of navigating that and recognizing like how hard am I hitting the gas? Whereas there's other couples that like you're, uh, sister and brother-in-law, they <laughs> hit the gas about as hard as you can possibly hit the gas and were engaged in like a month and a half and, and married like married, six months later. Six and six months and after the start of their relationship. Now he's a pastor and they're and in a pretty, yeah, pretty so relationship. Yeah. Is that four kids? Four kids. Five. Five. Four kids. Four kids. Four. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, it's got to be more than three. Yeah. Yeah, four kids. Yeah, okay. What were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to say I knew first time I met Vaughn and my sister because she dated a couple of other guys and I was like, no, no, no. And I met Vaughn the very first time I went later and I was talking to my mom. She's like, what do you think of them? I'm like, we're going to get married really quick. And I said that right off the bat. I said, yeah, we'll be married pretty soon. And I was like, you think? I'm like, yep, 100%. And for them, it made sense. It was, it was like being Vaughn's friend, I can tell you that like, I was like, holy crap, slow down, bro. <laughs> uh, especially with, with me and Courtney, like Courtney and I, we were, dating a year and engaged for a year. So it took us two years before we got married. Um, That's long enough for me. That was I long enough for me. I, I wouldn't have wanted to go that. longer. Yeah. Well, we could have, but I wouldn't have wanted to. Um, but then, yeah, looking at Vaughn, I was like, bro, Vaughn was one of my good friends. I was like, you, you're, you're moving way too fast. But for them and their relationship, they, they recognized we are equally yoked. We love, we love each other. We, we fit very well together. We've known each other a little bit before. And they, they knew each other before they started dating too. But they just knew. And it was like, we're just going to get married quick and get this over with because we don't want to make any mistakes in our relationship. And so um, every, I would say every relationship is going to be different. But it all kind of goes back to that premise of, you know, being respectful within your relationship and knowing when to. And, and if you are, if you are saying, you know what, I'm going to wait, like. I'm going to wait four years until I get done with college to, to get married. Cool. You can still get into a relationship. You just got to be very careful to not hit the gas too hard while you're dating them. Um, you know, I've met some, I know some people that had long distance relationships that they dated for six years or whatever. And they, you know, they, they, it wasn't six years, it was like three years, but um, they, they intentionally didn't hit the gas too hard and they got married and then they're in a super healthy relationship. And so just know, 
know when you need to take your foot off of the gas pedal a little bit and recognize, hey, if I'm going to, if I plan on waiting two more years to get married, then I have two more years worth of relationship to grow in. And I don't want to push the gas too hard and get to the end destination because then, I mean, it is possible to not live in a, a, a relationship where you're, you know, you, you it, the temptation just becomes that much harder the the faster you hit the gas, I guess I should yeah. say. But yeah. Well, and it's possible. You don't want to just like you want to allow enough time for there to be growth and right. for you to uh, to accomplish the things that you want to accomplish in the relationship before before marriage and have those hard conversations, work everything out. So you don't just want to like floor it <laughs> just to be, get to the. The finish line either. Right. Yeah. It's, it's all going to be well-timed in terms of yeah. what, you, what you guys need. So. I think intentionality is good. Yeah. But what I'd say, this world pushes you to do absolutely everything opposite of what God wants. And I mean that in a way that this world makes it easier to live together first yeah. because it's cheaper and easier. We can't afford two houses. We understand that. This world <laughs> makes know? it easier <laughs> to sleep together first because... We need to know what they're like. We're going to live with this person for the rest of our life. Blah, 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 blah. This world pushes all your friends are going to be like, dude, are you hitting that yet? Are you doing this yet? Are you doing this yet? Again, the world literally pushes. How how stupid are you for crying out loud? I mean, so. What's wrong with you? Because you don't have a boyfriend. My my wife now lived in Casper when we met. And when she moved here, she moved here kind of on a whim because we really felt like it was that we were going to get married soon. And so she moved here and literally like everyone in the world, I can tell you, even Christian people I knew were like, why in the world are you guys not living together? Like first you can eat. I mean, trust me when I say the money makes it go in your mind and you go, Oh my goodness, I can't afford to do it any other way. Like, why can't we just live together? We won't do anything. We'll just live together and save money. And like, I can't tell you the blessings we've gotten because we did live separately and we yeah. did things our own way. And yeah. And you hit the gas real hard when you live together. Yeah. And and yeah, I don't know. It's it's one of those really difficult things because it's art and the world literally calls you stupid. I had so many friends tell me stupid that I was stupid basically for not just living together. I mean, for crying out loud, if you're gonna marry her in six months anyway, why in the world do you just live together and why are you getting separate houses? That doesn't make any sense. And it would have been way easier on them and their earthly standards. But I think also God's an honorable God. He's going to honor your decision, you know, financially. And so I guess that's where it becomes, is God bigger than your finances? Is God bigger than the, the, you know, your sex life? You know, Um, people who want to sleep together before they get married because they want to make sure they're compatible. Is God bigger than your sex life in that? Um, because you're, you're, I mean, I just have flashbacks of Sean talking about compatibility. <laughs> <laughs> don't do it. Now they don't. don't, do don't it. Now they're wondering. Yeah. Because there is that balance <laughs> of, of like the realization that we are human and we fail and we fall short, and how easy it is to be tempted and to slip into temptation really easily. Right. Really easily. And so the, there is a balance there when you're talking about timing of not waiting. You're, the longer, trust me when I say this, the longer you wait, the more difficult it is if you're going to be to wait. Yeah. If that makes sense. 
yeah, I don't know any other way to put that. But for the last like, no, sorry. No, yeah, I don't really have any. I mean, it just has to do with you don't want to get married for the sake of that you're ready to do that or whatever. Right. So you don't need to rush marriage because of that. But it also is a is a reason at moments. To, if you're ready and you're compatible and you know this is timing, sometimes you're better off not waiting because yeah. still open. <laughs> yeah, because if it's going to get Just you into trouble, later. sometimes you're better off not waiting. Right. That sounds bad. If that yeah. makes sense. We, I literally have had That's students who came. They they were getting married in July, and at the end of May, they were just like, "We we want to move in together." And so what we want to do is we want to go ahead and get married, but then we'll just have our ceremony separate and just not tell everybody that we're getting married already. So we had their, their best men, their parents yes. came over and we signed their, their, their marriage, legal their legal doc- documents. So they were legally married in May and then they had their celebration in July for everybody else because they just financially, it just made so much sense for them to move in together that they were like, but we want to honor God in this. So we want to just go ahead and get married. And then we're going to move in together and then we'll just have a ceremony separate. And for them, it was more about the reality of, of entering into that covenant with God than it was the optics of them living together. Um, but yeah, we've done that at least once, if not a couple times. But yeah. yeah. Um, okay. The next question is, if you have friends that are thinking about dating, is it best to leave them alone or have more of a social setting? Two friends that are dating, and you're. Uh, it just says, yeah. If you have if you have friends that are thinking about dating, thinking about dating, is it best to leave them alone or have more of a social setting? I think if there's, uh, it depends on the level of the friendship. I think, um, for example, when you know, back when I was, I'm, I'm trying to think about when I was a student more than as an adult now for after college, but, um, you know, like Vaughn and Jill, they started dating and Vaughn was close enough to us that we, you know, we, we had those conversations of, we think you guys are really compatible. We think this would be a good relationship, but we also had the conversations of, I think you guys should slow down a little bit. Mm-hmm. They obviously ended up not slowing down and went and got married, but we still had that conversation with them, um, because there was accountability within that friendship. Um, when Josh and Jen uh, were dating, there was some accountability things that came up where uh, we had conversations and, and um, John and Jody and you know the the, the friendships that we had in college. There were there were those conversations that were were acceptable because there was accountability there. But then I, I would say that there were friends that weren't very close that were just they happened to come to Chi Alpha with us or. They were, you know, we knew them through something else and there wasn't that accountability there. And so those conversations really were just kind of hands off. Yeah, because I think the tendency is when two friends in a friend's group start a relationship and they start spending a lot more time alone by themselves. Like, what is that balance? Because you, if you're just the single friend or maybe you're in a relationship too, there's a distinct change that's gone on in your friend group because these, these two people who were not together, they're now together, they're now spending a lot more time off alone. So you're seeing probably, the, especially the one friend who's the same gender as you were, whatever, um, a lot less. So what's the balance between this is a normal adjustment and 
these two are spending too much time by themselves to the point where it's to the detriment of their other friendships and their other relationships. I, yeah. That's kind of what you were getting at a little bit, yeah. right? Yeah, no. Like, you know, we actually had, I actually had a friend confront me on that too when we were, when we were dating too. And uh, I mean, I did just have a terribly, terribly busy schedule and we were engaged and we were planning a wedding and there was just a lot. I was taking 16 credit hours. I was doing an internship. I was working part-time. I was a small group leader. I was, you know, just leading children's church. I was doing a lot of stuff, but also I stopped prioritizing hanging out with my friends and keeping, and therein lies like, you need to have friends still. It yeah. doesn't matter if you're getting married, you still need friends. Um, you still need accountability too yeah. in those friends. And that friend was my biggest accountability partner. That's about the only time that she's ever gotten stern with me. It was like, yeah. Courtney, you're like non-existent. Like, you need to stop spending so much time with Tanner. I'm like, okay. So, like, those conversations yeah. can happen. Be yeah. receptive to it. You know, but also yeah. don't don't be the, the bitter friend who's just not willing to accept a little bit of change in the friend group too. I think. Right. So well, and just try and find that balance. Search, have talk to God and search your heart on it. Yeah, and kind of going back to friends that are thinking about dating. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's it, there's a health there of adding your input of health in the sense that like you know when and kind of going back to Jen and Josh when they were thinking about dating. Josh, we had the conversation about, like, yeah, we think you guys would be a really good couple. And, um, you know, we think that you guys, like, I think this is something where you're at a healthy place in your relationship with Jesus to pursue. And that kind of gave him the confidence going forward that, hey, I can be in a healthy relationship. And so I think I think it's important for us. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're designed to live in a community, so I would say I think it's important. Um, just don't let your opinion be the most important thing Um, make sure that it's like you know if they disagree with you like I said Vaughn was like "Mm, sorry I disagree with you Tanner and and I like I was like all right cool like we still were uh we were still really good friends even though like I told him that and he disagreed both of us were grown up enough to know that like my opinion isn't more important than his life decision and vice versa. You know, he was like, I know that his opinion isn't bigger than our friendship. And so I think that, yeah. Okay. All right. And we were on the last question, which is what is the point of an intimate relationship and what is the importance of it? My thought process, even when I found the, like the thousand questions, I wouldn't have probably done it with anybody else, but because I really saw her as a potential spouse, I felt like the only way we're really going to connect is if we fully understand each other and become intimate in the areas of knowing each other in ways that we wouldn't know otherwise. Yeah. I, I always say anybody I know that's dating, I sent it to my son when he was dating a girl, and I think they didn't really enjoy it for a while, too. But it was just a way to add, add, ask questions <laughs> that you normally wouldn't just ask on a random date. You're going to ask these weird, random questions about your boyfriend or girlfriend because really a lot of times you don't really want to know. But it was a way to really get to know who they were and be really intimate about those things. Yeah, And to argue and fight and be sad. And I can tell you there was questions in there that 
after we discussed it, people were crying at the end. <laughs> Not like in a bad way, but like because you know it brings up touchy subjects. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. But it was good because it helps us understand each other even better. It's a practice because you better work stuff together. Yeah. Because otherwise, we, I mean, if we, I use that as an example because it works so well for us, but. Again, same thing, just having those kind of conversations and understanding each other. Right. Yeah, and I think if, and kind of, and then going on to like, okay, so trying to think through the question, if it's talking like intimate, intimacy, like physically, like intimacy, you know, I think that's something where um, it does, intimacy does bring your relationship to another level. But I would say that it's its purpose can't be more important than the non-physical intimacy of a relationship because you know we we had a time where you know Courtney was if I'm okay to yep. share Courtney had Crohn's and and Crohn's. there was just no no possibility of being intimate physically at that point in time. I, I had extreme pain in my abdomen. I had lost 40 pounds in like two months. I was throwing up. I couldn't keep food down. I was very, very thin. I had no energy. Right. I wasn't able to work. Like, yeah. he was physically helping me get up off the couch to go to the bathroom. Like, right. so that's not, you know, and the, the, that's not what everyone imagines, you know, for spending your 20s you know <laughs> but, but i would say <laughs> but, but i would also say though, that even though we weren't physically doing anything that season built our intimacy level yeah so much closer because there was there was it was it was another level of our relationship because she literally depended on me um to a level that like i've never had i've never had to take come care of somebody to like that let alone obviously a spouse. And so there were other ways that we could build that intimacy without the physical and, and you know, doing things that, that each other enjoyed and, and, and going for drives and, and yeah. conversations and stuff were how we were intimate during that season. And so, um, and so physically, so if we are just specifically, if the question is talking about physically, you know, that's, it's, there, there needs to be, uh, I, I do think intimacy within a relationship is extremely healthy. And I mean, ultimately, if you want to have kids, it's how you have kids, obviously. Right. But, um, but it is, it's, it's a fun part of your relationship that helps you get closer to each other. Just like um, having kids, it's for enjoyment. Yeah. You know? and, and, but I could say that it can't be such a priority that, that you neglect the, what, Jordan is talking about too that you neglect the the the, the intellectually intimacy intellectual intimacy um, that it, and so its purpose is it's a part of a healthy relationship um, but it's but it's a part of it and it can't be more important than the relationship because you're going to go through seasons where because I mean even if you have kids you're going to go through a season of however long it takes. Because uh, a woman's body is not ready to 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 be physically intimate well, how, after you have a baby. How one-dimensional would that relationship be if the only way that you could find joy and enjoyment was was through sex? You know, right. like and not 
being able to connect better with with them than any other person on like any other level. I feel right. like that it's just it's one more dimension to add to the relationship, but it's not the only dimension. Right. It's not the only thing that's important. Yeah. But it is but it is. It's it's a God it's God designed aspects of our our relationship and so there is so it is good. Yeah. And it is beneficial, but it's it's yeah, and so that's part of the reason why you know we wholeheartedly recommend saving sex for marriage is because the okay to get like next level like crazy I guess um, so Courtney like didn't I'll just put it this way she didn't bring any baggage into our relationship because I was she, a virgin until our yeah. night so. I wasn't a Christian until I was 21 and cannot say the same thing. Yeah. And so there's baggage that came into the relationship from my end of things. And I can tell you that that 1 million percent, if I could go back and not have had those relations before Courtney and got married, I would 1 million percent, I would do it in a heartbeat go back and not ever have those relationships just because when we did initially get married, we had to have those, you know, awkward conversations of, you know, um, you know, just it. And, and, and I can tell you that in our relationship and our marriage, anything that had happened prior to that brought zero health to our marriage. Me having had sex before marriage did not help me in any way, shape or form in my relationship with Courtney. And so there is literally no purpose in having sex before marriage um, because the potential of you're not married until you're married. I've known enough people who were 100% they're going to be married. They were engaged. They had a wedding date and then they broke up. You're not married until you're married. And so why bring that baggage into your marriage just for the sake of, of that feeling of that intimacy before you get married. Yeah, I think it goes deeper than that, even on the level of, I mean, the Bible literally says when, when that takes place, like you become one flesh with that person. Yeah. So you're literally, and then they, they've actually done physical studies that this is weird and kind of creepy if you really think about it, but they've done studies where like on in people's bodies and stuff that literally shows that there is still like a piece of that person's DNA attached to somebody's body their entire life because they've had sex with them. That is creepy. Oh, bro, I didn't so, like, know that. I know, it's creepy, though. Like, that's messed so up. So speaking of one flesh, literally, that's, that's what that is. You literally are becoming one flesh. So that huh. person, you become emotionally, physically, and whatever yeah. with that person. So right. even when you get into another yeah. relationship, you're, you're literally attached to that person as one flesh. And what I feel like God told me when, when after like my divorce and all that happened, it was something that I couldn't fully prevent from happening. It's just how it ended up. And I felt like I had to pray and ask God to literally physically remove me as one flesh from my ex-wife. I don't know if that makes any sense, but otherwise I felt like, how can I ever become one flesh with my new wife if I'm still associated with my old right. wife in that one flesh way? That's honestly, uh, yeah, I've heard that along the same lines, yeah. Yeah, no, and for sure. you know what? God does give you that redemption. Like yeah. You are 
And that's and and yeah. And I, I think I the think only that's important though because I think there's a lot of church culture that says like, oh, he's like you lost it, and if you lost her virtue, there's no getting it back. And I think right, I you think know, that's not Jesus healthy. heals. Yeah. Jesus's blood yeah. covers us and, and makes us like new. We are a new creation. So we shouldn't. He can, he can bring redemption into that. Yeah, but we shouldn't go into it thinking like, oh, I'm gonna have sex because Jesus forgives me. Well, I mean, for any any yeah. sin like that right. though, right. you know. If that's yeah. if that's your relationship with God, then right. Sure, so. and, and the one hang-up that I feel like Christians specifically, one of the main reasons, or at least maybe the, the main excuse that they give for having sex before marriage is, I just want to make sure that we're sexually compatible before I have marriage. But that's the beauty of getting married is that like you then get to practice as much as you want building that compatibility. And so over time, you will become compatible with each other just through practicing intimacy. You know? And there is, and I don't care what anybody says, there is there is mental issues of knowing that your spouse has been with other people and same vice versa. Like you can't say there isn't. I know there's people that are like, oh, it don't bother me. I don't care how many people or whatever happened. What happened in their past is in their past. And it doesn't mean you don't let go of it and you can't dwell on that kind of stuff, but... It literally plays yeah. mind games at some level with you realizing that. I mean, that. I don't think it's ever affected me that much being on the. Because <coughs> I think it'd be easier for me to easy for me to have a mindset of like, well, I waited, like he didn't, and you know. But uh, I mean, we had the conversation of it, and just yeah. on this past relationships, nothing like that's ever come up again. I like we haven't had you know surprise ex girlfriends. Not a woodworker. Yeah, <laughs> like that, yeah, like yeah. thankfully, like the, the only thing that's kind of affected is like conversations I have with my doctors. Like, oh yeah, okay. So like, I have it much also with my doctors. He refused to believe for a while. <laughs> I think like, okay. <laughs> he comes up to the yeah, but no, that's. What's the, is it HPV or something like that? HPV? That, I don't remember what it was, but it was something you had to get tested for. And you still had to get tested for it, even though you hadn't had uh, sex outside of marriage with me because I had had sex outside of marriage. And so, therefore, there was the risk of her having an STD because of me. I can tell you on my end of things, that messes with your brain a little bit, knowing that my previous stupidity literally could have endangered her. Um, even though she did it the right way. And how and selfish am I to have, of not, you know, and, and that I would say honestly messed with me probably more than it did you yeah. and that. But yeah, I was going to say, I don't, I don't grapple with that. You're good. You want more cheerios? It doesn't bother me a whole lot either. Unless I, if I start I really think thinking about it, you know? then it starts bugging me a little bit. Yeah. I don't want to know about it if you bring that past history. See, and the weird thing is, I don't have to think about it at all because. And this is where you got, you know, you guys are talking about how much it bothers me. I literally doesn't bother me at all because yeah, literally, Courtney is I'm the first person in the ever dated or anything like that. And so, literally, I've never even thought twice about it. And I can tell you, as the the person who got to receive that gift from Courtney, holy cow, it is an awesome gift because I don't have to ever think about any of that stuff. And so, man, what a cool wedding present to give your spouse. Um, 
All right, that was all the questions. Any other questions that have popped up in the before we close? If you have any more questions about this, feel free to you can wheel that web that page is going to be open, um, and feel free to ask any other questions. And then, if you have any questions that you want answered, but honestly, maybe you want to keep it anonymous. Um, Feel free to ask them through there, and we might dedicate our next Q&A night to whatever topic you're wanting to talk about. So if yeah, you have a topic or idea, idea, feel free to ask it through there or mention it through there, and we might bring it up and, and at least share some of it of a, pre, a future Q&A night. But, Literally anything. Spiritual yeah. warfare, end times theology. <laughs> like, spiritual warfare is a problem. Like, yeah, have fun conversations that will be beneficial to you guys. Yeah. So how did you, all of you, know that jobs? First of all, do you believe in the one? And if you do, how did you know? I mean, did you receive confirmation from God before you married your spouse? Okay. I think there's a so, difference between those two. Yeah. yeah. The one? No. Not even close. Um, the reason I don't believe in the one is because um, they're the rule of... of like the butterfly effect. So if, if you have one person you're supposed to marry and that person doesn't know God so they don't marry you, well, then now the person that they married isn't married to the person they were supposed to marry. Now the, that person's not married to the person they're supposed to marry. That person's not married to the person they're supposed to marry. And so it just can create this chain effect that we're literally millions and billions of people can be married to the wrong person because you didn't marry the right one. So I do not believe in the one. However, I do believe in God honoring and blessing a unity. Um, you know that one hundred percent. I think there's there's other girls that I could have been in a very godly, healthy relationship with in a healthy marriage, and vice versa. The same for Courtney. However, when we were getting ready to to get married, the question we asked isn't is Courtney the one? Um, it was. A, can I, is this going to be a marriage that is going to honor and bless you, uh, God? And yeah. is this something and, that you want There were other guys in my life, like, at the, at the same time as Tanner, who I was considering, like, having a relationship with, too. And God was pretty clear, like, no. You yeah. know, and so, and then that turned out to be other issues, though, too. So God does warn you away. Yeah. But also... It, sound, it doesn't sound very romantic, but no, it's not... You know, no, but it's too much baggage with the idea of the, the one, one for me. Like, yeah. and being able to choose you, like I choose you every day. Right, that's pretty big romantic, anyways. So, <laughs> yeah. No, I think. <laughs> so I, pressure's off. Yeah, there's there's too much baggage that comes with the concept of the one. Yeah. Um, because then it's like, am I marrying the right one? Am I? God definitely there's so much pressure does talk to you though. And then let's say something hard happens in your marriage, and then it's like, oh, did I marry the wrong person? And it's like, get out of here no. with that. No. Focus on being the right person. Yeah. Focus yourself. Exactly. So. Because then, yeah, because then can you get, then like you'd get inside your own head of like, am I the right person for this? You know, it's yeah, like, am I the wrong get yourself to the point, like. No. And the world literally tells us that all the time. Yeah. They want us to. The devil in this world is always constantly trying to get <coughs> you get divorced and be frustrated and hate your yeah. spouse and right. hate your kids. I mean, that's that's his goal and his purpose because if you are doing all those things, then you can't focus on God because you're too busy focusing on 
all the horrible things that all the mistakes you made and all the mistakes your spouse made. And instead yeah. of yeah, honoring God in that. Yeah. And so yeah, no, the prayer. Yeah. And so then yes, one hundred percent. I do feel like God, both through personal prayer of just yeah, I, I there was the feeling like you know I got the impression like pursuing marriage with Courtney would be healthy. And then while we were dating, I was praying about the relationship. Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, I also had, you know, people who were close to us that were, um, that could speak into that relationship. And Vaughn and Josh were two of them. That, and uh, Isaiah and, and Alpha would speak in and basically said, man, you guys are a great couple. And, and so I think there was an honor in that. But, and pastors and yeah, pastors. directors at the time. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think the same thing, even with my first wife, like, I don't feel like... Like we couldn't have made it. Like it's one of those things. Realistically, our divorce happened because one, we started off in sin and it was built poorly. Two, we never asked for forgiveness in that. Realistically, not in a way probably that was really honoring God in it. And so it had never been, in my opinion, solidified and recovered as that we really were sorry for <laughs> ask for forgiveness. And three, because of our own, you know, our own sins in our lives and our own passions and desires away from God and away from each other caused the divorce. I mean, it's not God that did it. God didn't be like, oh, I need you to be with this new lady now. So now you're divorced. This is why you're going through this is because I have this plan for you. Like, I don't feel like that's really the case. Do I feel like God used that 100% and he made it better and he one of the things that I felt like through the whole thing was God said, I care more about your character and who you are than I do about your marriage. And so, like, that was a big eye-opening thing for me to be like, because I was praying for, <coughs> praying for, you know, reconciliation with my first wife. And it was like God was telling me, your, your character and who you are in me matters more than your marriage. Your marriage is just a, a temporary thing on this earth, but your marriage with me is eternal. And, like... Mm-hmm. We make mistakes. We live in a world. So this, to, to say there's a one, no, I, again, I could still be married if we did the path that we chose to take in our own lives yeah. and being selfish. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, that answer your question. Yeah. No. Because then it, I, I think it just leaves it up to faith or whatever. And then there's the illusion of, oh, well, you were meant to be together. You Like, this is the one. So everything is going to fall in place afterwards. And then it just doesn't. If it doesn't work out, they weren't the one like we were meant to be. And it takes all the hard work out of it, which these things, you know, from the world's perspective, it often does. Um, it takes away any chance at personal accountability and responsibility and just says, oh, it just wasn't, it just wasn't meant to be. It just, you know, it wasn't fulfilling my own happiness. So therefore, it's like, well, <laughs> there's hard work. Hard work hard work in marriage go hand in hand. Any other questions? All right. I'm glad you asked that. All right. Let's close in prayer. Lord, uh, we thank you for today and we thank you for this opportunity to share more and talk more about um, relationships and how important they are and how you ordained them. Lord, we just ask that you would guide us and direct us. Um, and, and those of the students that are not in relationships, that you would um, help guide them in finding uh, healthy relationships and those who are in relationships, that you would guide them and direct them and, and to build their foundation on you.
Lord, we give these students over to you for your will to be done in our lives. And it is in your name we pray. Amen.